0: Welcome to the Exchange Podcast, a platform for dialogue that moves South Africa and Africa forward. My name is Sam Koke. In this episode, we have Nikki Webdikicha, an accomplished journalist who has many hats on her, but today she's wearing the hat of a facilitator of a fascinating
1: conversation about the budget. She has a powerful lineup, great political analysts, economists, director generals, and national commissioners of
0: SARS, great lineup. Take your listen.
2: Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and a very warm welcome back to the Deloitte Post-Budget Analysis event. I'm delighted to be your host and moderator for this portion of the event. My name is Nikiwe Bikicha. I wear a great many hats, but for the purposes of today, I'm the moderator of this particular panel discussion. We're so delighted and honoured to have had the Director-General of the National Treasury, Dondo Mohojana, as well as the Commissioner of the South African Revenue Services, Edward Kiesvetter, detailing for us in in some granularity some of the thinking that went into what has been described as a very delicate and tough balancing act that went into last week's budget. On the back, of course, of the higher-than-expected revenue collection uh, for this particular year. We're going to unpack that with them now. We've heard their views. We've, we've heard some of their thoughts. We'll, we'll try and get more details out of that. But we're also joined to help us unpack all of that by a very formidable team of analysts. Uh, Dr. Tabi Lioga is a very well-known economist and commentator here in South Africa, and she joins us on the panel. also have the pleasure of Dr. Stembile Mbete, herself a very well-known and accomplished commentator, political commentator, Commentator. She is a senior lecturer at the University of Pretoria, currently on sabbatical, and is the pro- program director of Future Elect. Uh, we have already welcomed the DG and the SARS commissioner. So Tabi and Stembele, a very warm welcome to you.
3: Thanks, Thanks, Thanks for you.
2: having us. And because we've already heard from the director general and the commissioner, let's get almost your immediate response to some of what they've highlighted this morning. Uh, Tabi, I'll start with you. You've already uh, produced a great body of work on the budget already. In your weekly column, you said that it was a very balanced budget in a very polarized society, but the difficult decisions were made. In looking and trying to understand the trade-offs which have been made, do they speak to the needs that the country has at the moment?
4: Thanks, uh, thanks Um You know, I think, uh, you know, absolutely. The, the country's currently very, very polarized. The needs are many if you look at the unemployment numbers, if you look at the increase in poverty, if you look at um, the impact of COVID on on the South African economy, um, we are really in a very difficult position as a country. And so, you know, the task for the National Treasury, for um, Dondo to steer the ship through all of these um, challenging, uh, I guess, issues... Uh, it is very difficult. So I don't think that... They, I was surprised at how much they did with so little mm-hmm. to start off with, mm-hmm. and especially because they did it at a time that um, they were very, under a lot of pressure. As you may know, towards the end of last <coughs> year, there was uh, increasing pressure to allocate um, money towards social grants, mm-hmm. and there was also uh, a discussion about... The basic income grant, and part of the, and also to increase the the COVID grant, and many people out there were saying, not just 350, but actually increase it to about 850, increase it to over a thousand, and do it in perpetuity. Um, now it's very difficult to do so when you have a country where your debt is about 70 percent of. Um, your total income as a country. And and this is just for this year and it's expected to increase further. It's very difficult to do so to 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 appease everyone when your debt servicing costs are about the third biggest the third or fourth biggest line item in your expenditure for this year. But then in 2024-2025 financial year that is going to be the second biggest line item. So instead of allocating money towards economic development, health, defense, um, the only one that is actually above uh, uh, debt servicing costs is education. Mm -hmm. It's very difficult to allocate resources when um, South Africa's debt in 2008-2009 was just a little above ESCOM's current debt. Mm -hmm. And right now, it's 4 trillion, mm-hmm. over 4 trillion rands. Mm. So when you say, how do we, you know, how do we make sure that everyone um, receives the right or the allocation speaks to everyone, it's very difficult to do so. Mm. And I also think that we often forget that the National Treasury is not a creator of policy. It is a, it is a taker of policy. So they have to allocate resources to areas which have been, um, I don't want to say dictated, but where mm-hmm. there's suggestion in which you know, the government departments will say, look, this is what we want to do. And there's also a political um, pressure to say, look, this is what we want to do. Mm-hmm. So as much as we've been speaking about uh, the budget being allocated towards more investment um, areas so that they could, you know, the, the resources that we have could generate economic growth mm. um, and, and there could be a multiplier effect. Um, we, we, we are continuously allocating a big chunk of our resources towards consumption. So what that does is that we're consuming our resources, very little resources, instead of actually allocating these resources to areas that can actually grow the economy, Mm -hmm. employ more people, shrink the inequality gap, shrink the uh, poverty gap. The other one that I just want to mention is that there are lots of challenges. So Mm -hmm. as much as we talk about these limited resources, there's also pressure in terms of how, you know, Pressure from wage, uh, mm. public sector wages—that mm-hmm. you know the uh, public sector says we want a wage increase. Mm-hmm. Never mind that a lot of people in this room didn't get a wage increase, or bonuses were were um, were halted because of uh, COVID. Yeah. And and this can be said among, about a lot of people in South Africa. But um, we do get this—you know—one of the fastest growing line item in the budget is also this wage increase. Mm. And I often joke because recently there was this um, a march. Uh, uh, to, uh, um, against the World Bank, mm. because Dondo went to the World <laughs> Bank and got a one percent loan, <laughs> and the people who are marching are recipients of uh, a salary that comes from you know lenders who are based in Europe and based in the u s and are making eight percent returns from you know buying our debt mm-hmm. so there's a lot that is going on in this country, but uh, to answer your, you know, your, uh, your question directly, mm. um, it, it is very difficult to appease everyone, but Absolutely. I think they did
2: a very fair job. Yeah. Stemula, let's bring you in here. The, the budget obviously isn't just about the numbers, the numbers tell us a story about what's happening in society. Your assessments of last week's budget in terms of the policy directional signals and what it tells you about where we are as a country?
3: Thanks so much, Negiwe. When I was a student uh, at UCT and being taught um, political, international political economy, our lecturers always used to say, if you want to know a country's priorities, look at its budget. If you want to know an organization's priorities, look at its budget. Yes. And I think certainly what is evident from this budget is that there's been a prioritization Of some of the important uh, social sectors that we have as a country. So, you know, prioritizing funding to education, to healthcare, uh, to the police and to security, and then to those uh, parts of the economy that are required for uh, our economic recovery, so infrastructure, um, et cetera. I've been very happy to see that there's been so much um, of an emphasis placed in boosting uh, law enforcement agencies, so putting money into the NPA, uh, mm-hmm. etc. However, I think that the bigger conversation that we have about the budget, and this is something that the two gentlemen sitting with us can't do directly, but I do think is something that we need to build public conversation and public pressure around, is that South Africa doesn't have a money problem. Mm. South Africa has an administration problem. Uh Uh, um, Mr. Kiesbeter spoke about uh, capable administration as the first, uh, one of the first things that he has to be concerned about in doing the work that he does. And where all of the Things that we see going wrong in a country in, in our country, infrastructure money not being spent the way that it should be, our healthcare system. Um you know, falling apart at the seams re- despite the presence of really remarkable, committed healthcare workers in the system, the same with education, is it the administration problem. And some of the things about the administration problem is really basic, that there's no one who knows where this paper that you filled in <laughs> goes. Um, and so you go, you fill in a form at Home Affairs, where does that paper go once you've filled in the form? Who empties the in-tray? Once the in-tray is emptied, where does that pack of documents go to? The problems that this country is facing are that basic. Mm. When the president spoke in his State of the Nation address about accelerating the provision of water permits, he spoke about um, uh, the new uh, appointment to deal with um, red tape uh, for, for business, so much of that is that we don't have the right people in the right positions doing the right job. Mm-hmm. You hear business complain about, about environmental impact assessments. Those aren't inherently difficult things to do, but most of our provincial departments and national don't have people that know how to do those assessments. Mm-hmm. So it takes three years because there's no one, the people there don't know how to do it. Mm-hmm. And I think that we need a great deal more curiosity <laughs> On the part of um, the presidency, the, the treasury, who do remarkable, um, remarkable work, um, Mr. Kisveta, in his department in size, a big part of the work that you've done has been about restoring the capability mm-hmm. of the bureaucracy to do what needs to be done for... Um, for tax collection to take place. Mm. I just want to give one illustration of this. Mm -hmm. Um, In October or November last year, uh, Minister Ayanda, the of the Department of Public Service and Administration, answered a parliamentary question from the Democratic Alliance about the amount of sick leave that had been taken by, Mm. um, Mm. by public employees. Uh, I don't know if any of you tried to use a deeds office or a home Mm. affairs Mm. uh, since March 2020. (laughs) Most of the time, there's no one there. Mm. Um, And so when she answered that question, of the 1.3 million public servants in this country, 800,000 took sick leave, paid sick leave, between March 2020 and October 2021 at a cost of 14.3 billion rands to Mm. the fiscus. That's 70% of government employees, excluding defense and state security. What is going on (laughs) and how is that even possible? And so these questions of administration are things we need to get curious about Mm -hmm. if we want to have any hope in making sure that the money that has been so dutifully collected Mm -hmm. and has been so uh, skillfully assigned actually does what it's supposed mm. to do. Absolutely,
2: I sense your frustration. <laughs> I, I imagine that it's a widespread sentiment in South Africa because we tend to go over the same issues, the same challenges and yet um, in reality and when it comes to tackle things uh, and being decisive and implementing, very little mm-hmm. gets done. Certainly there's, that's been an admission uh, from both mm-hmm. the DG and um, uh, the SARS Commissioner as well. Um, Digi, let's bring you in here. Tabi also flagged this in talking about the public sector wage bill. Uh, since last week, uh, where it was highlighted as a risk to the fiscal framework, uh, there was good news from the constitutional court ruling in favour of government that that was, in fact, uh, the right decision, it ruled in your favour. We're going into another round of negotiations at the moment. So, firstly, your reaction to that concord ruling and 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 your sense, or is there a great deal of apprehension going into these uh negotiations.
0: No, thank you very much. I think <coughs> good, good news, in, in good inverted commas. Mm. I mean, you, you don't want to be singing praises and happy and, and mm. say, we have won mm-hmm. or the uh, uh, plus minus 100 plus pages that I filed in January of 2020 or 2019, mm. somewhere there, uh, with, the, with the court when we said we cannot afford, we, we cannot say we won. Mm-hmm. It would be wrong to approach it like that mm. because but what we should be rather be saying is that Let's then, finally, the space created <clears throat> for us to have a sober conversation mm-hmm. around affordability, around state of our finances and the choices that we need to make, mm-hmm. uh, if you think about it. It's about choices, it's about saying to labor, let's sit and talk. If, 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 if by any number, and in terms of what the analysts have said and what we also said, mm-hmm. a sta- you know, the, an economy the size of South Africa and, and vis-a-vis its, its percentage, its, its, its spending on wage bill is <laughs> it, it, very high. And if you look at, you know, every indicator, you know, points to that. So it's important that we have a conversation with labor and, and say, how do we deploy productivity issues that, um, you know, is talking about, mm-hmm. you know, let's bring them on in the conversation mm-hmm. um, and let's be honest with, with what we can do and let's be honest with, with the performance of the sales director <laughs> and, and what they are able to do because the, 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 we, the money that we generate can only be spent in a particular way, can only be spent uh, based on certain uh, you know thresholds that, that we think make sense. unless if people are saying that we must just just pay mm. increase salaries to a point where you know, you know, the size of the salary bill is much higher than what we're spending on, on public service uh, delivery interventions. So, put that aside now, it's not a victory for us, mm-hmm. but it's, it's, it's mainly hearing another voice that's helping and assisting in putting some, some sober mindedness in, in the conversation. Mm-hmm. The negotiations are starting, it makes sense. Uh, you know, we, firstly, I think I must, must state. State, where we are at, uh, we we respect the public service bargaining council process. Uh, It's important, collective bargaining is a a pillar Mm -hmm. of of, of our uh, engagement as per per our own history, because we've got a very rich history, the role of labor vis-à-vis the role of capital, Mm -hmm. vis-à-vis the role of the state. So collective bargaining is something that we respect and we will continue respecting, including, by the way, the agreements that we assign, and the only difference, and people should not say government did not honor the last year. Mm-hmm. But what we said, and humbly so, if you read that David, David very clearly, mm-hmm. we're simply saying, let's relook. We have a challenge right now, but uh, let's engage. So as we get into the new conversations around what kind of uh, you know, s- settlements should we reach, mm-hmm. again, we'll have to open up and say, we've got a challenge around balancing uh, the spend on, on social programs, balancing the spend... On what I said earlier around boosting productive sectors mm-hmm. of the economy for the sale direct in terms of our conversation earlier to collect more mm-hmm. in order to make everyone happy including including labor mm-hmm. uh, but again we should be realistic in terms of inflation and the cost thereof and, and mm-hmm. what it means actually to keep people employed and what it means actually to attract the best skills in the public service mm-hmm. and, and so it's again going to be a very con- interesting conversation mm-hmm. and that we'll have with labor and we're going to go in there open-minded and obviously hoping that mm-hmm. we'll find each other in this time around and respect whatever agreement that will be reached upon uh, mm-hmm. uh, at the end with them.
2: Okay. Uh, just w- another follow-up questions, and let's drill <coughs> down into um, the GDP forecasts and estimations. Uh, growth is going to be central. We've heard it from all of the speakers here. You spoke earlier, uh, Dondo, about the structural reforms which South Africa needs. I mean, we been talking about this at nauseam. let's be frank, you know, and I, I would like to understand from you whether it's Operation Volin Leila or any of the other initiatives uh, which are meant to loosen these burdens, what can you give us as a tangible example which has actually been implemented in order to help us deal with these structural problems that we have?
0: Look, I mean, we should all be happy in the next, you know, you know, while you know the spectrum will finally be released in the next uh,
2: while, can we be more specific? Uh, I, um,
0: <laughs> next week, actually, okay. next week. You yeah. know, so we, uh, I mean, that's when I want to sing praises of Hallelujah. Say, finally, we got mm-hmm. it. So we, it will be released, mm-hmm. um, and 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 we, 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 the squabble that was there in, in you know in various stakeholders, including ourselves, is is not there. Say, there's that certainty, mm-hmm. and you all know what that means uh, for 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 actually. The, 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 the economy, you know, uh, you, know, that, uh, you know, how potential, the potential that's there for this release to actually make sure that mm-hmm. broadband and access and, mm-hmm. and connectivity, all of that, mm-hmm. and then we'll, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll have to wait and see uh, what industry is going to put up once, once this octum, uh, spectrum is, is actually released mm-hmm. out there. So that's one. Mm-hmm. Don't underestimate the, 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 the 10 megawatts vis-a-vis the 100 megawatts. That on its own, that on its own uh, really uh, you know, made sure that industry is able to perform. That's one. Um, you know, <clears throat> The ease of doing business, I understand. I understand if you go to other countries for you to set up a company and it takes for you to get a tax number for you to get the company registered and a VAT number, everything. So in some cases, it takes one day within 24 hours. Within a few hours, you've got that. Now, we have to work towards that so mm-hmm. that when Istanbul goes to home affairs and goes to, uh, you know, you mentioned two areas, mm-hmm. home affairs and, <laughs> and this office, that there's somebody on the other side. Mm-hmm. So for me, those two things are just a mm-hmm. clear example of things that finally will work. I mean, mm-hmm. others, obviously, you can say, Pop in the t-. No, no, it's not. It's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whether we, 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 you know, rail network and how actually do we get, uh, you know, third-party operators coming in, mm-hmm. in that space. And it's something that I think if we, if, you know, work towards that, it will happen. And and look, uh, you know, whether we like it or not, and I think private sector participation is crucial. Huh. Uh, it's crucial. Uh, the example, and I always use the example because it's worked. If you look at telecom, it used mm-hmm. to be owned by 100% owned by the state mm-hmm. some 20, 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. It's it's productive. It's mm-hmm. operational. Government owns, uh, you know, what 35, whatever, less than yeah. 40%. Let's open up the economy. Let's open up more private sector participation. In state-owned companies, it's going to be quite critical. Mm-hmm. Let's wait and see what SAA example will mean for future companies. And I think we must be open-minded again and not politicise mm-hmm. that conversation because it's important. And so long as we all understand that the state can be mm-hmm. restored to its former glory, and it's possible, we can go there, go okay. back there.
2: Great. Uh, Just to remind our audience joining us online that we welcome your questions and your comments. Please use the facility that has been provided to do so. We'll try and put the questions to our our panel a little later on as we go through our discussion. Um, Commissioner, let's bring you in here. You spent some time going into the granularity of some of the efficiencies that you've had in in revenue uh, collection. It clearly hasn't been an easy journey for for SARS, having been hollowed out as part of, of that whole state capture process. Take us through that journey and what enabled you to be catapulted into the position that you are now of these improvements and efficiencies.
1: Thank you, thank you. I first would like to just endorse what uh, the lady in red and the lady in black, uh, Tava and and Sunabila has shared. And I agree that we'll never have enough money to do what we need to do. Mm -hmm. All of us, by the way. Mm -hmm. That doesn't just apply to government. How much is enough money? I don't know the answer to that question. But you have to use the money you have better. And we are not. We still have too much wastage and we still have um, administrative inefficiencies before we even get to corruption. Mm-hmm. So there are a few things I think that would make a, um, an exponential improvement in the way government runs. Uh, firstly, we take too long with policy formulation. We fight with ourselves. Um, we're an us and them society. Within government, we have us and them. And between government and civil society, we have an us and them. We are a united society. Um, And so it's it's within our DNA. So we have to address that um, as a nation, if we want to go forward and work together. If you look at the analysis that was done by the NDP in their diagnostic, uh, they said... uh, two things that um, have prevented us uh, from succeeding. One of it is the capability to execute. Mm -hmm. And the other one is um, we don't have a strong socially cohesion, uh, cohesive society. And we still haven't addressed all of that. So that's the first issue. It just takes too long Mm. uh, to do anything. The second is we do not have an environment within government that enables excellence.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: Our entire, and Dondo knows, and we are looking at that, our entire PFMA has become a, uh, an instrument to ensure you get a clean mm-hmm. audit, rather than perform excellently. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for example, we celebrate a clean audit um, even though there's no service delivery because a clean audit has become the gold standard. Now, I'm the first to say that um, good governance is absolutely central, mm-hmm. but we have become so obsessed with a clean audit that the easiest way to do to achieve a clean audit is to do nothing. Right? Um, if you did that in business, mm. you'd get fired. <laughs> mm. Sometimes in, business, in government, we celebrate that. Mm-hmm. Um, so as I'm coming to the question now. <laughs> so the challenges we still have in SARS, mm. we work in that very environment. Mm. To recruit anyone mm. takes forever. The auditor general comes into organisation, and we have to spend inordinate amount of time to justify why I made an appointment. Time that could be better spent to rebuild an organisation. To give you an example, um, I spend. Uh, I give you a, a nice anecdote that uh, you can tell your grandkids one day. Uh, so we do a piece of translation work from. Um, French to English, with some inexplicable reason, our procurement team puts out a tender to translate, let me just say, 1,000 French words, Mm. right, into English. So the quote comes back on 1,000 words. It so happens that if you translate 1,000 French words into English, you get about 1,200 words. (laughs) And so we proceed with the translation and we get a finding. (laughs) <laughs> we get an audit finding. You can, can read it. It's mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. papers we submitted mm-hmm. in our annual report. We get an audit finding for that. Mm-hmm. It would have been better to go out to three more tenders for another 200 words. Mm-hmm. Because then we would avoid the finding and probably pay double for the mm-hmm. overall piece of work, but we would have avoided the finding. Mm-hmm. So that's the second thing. Procurement mm-hmm. doesn't work in government. Mm-hmm. It doesn't stop billions of rands of corrupt PPE procurement. Uh But it hamstrings a CEO who just wants to run an effective business. Uh So, and I can give more examples. (laughs) The environment is not enabling excellence. Mm -hmm. Um, And then thirdly, um, building building capability to address those basic things Mm -hmm. just requires relentless effort. Mm -hmm. There is no easy way Mm -hmm. to build a solid administration business. Mm. You cannot compromise in anything. You have to hire the best people. And very often we don't get the best people. We have to trade off. Mm -hmm. But given all of that, a few things that is within our control. The first is to be clear. That's the choice we made. So three years ago, we said, one, we believe state capture was real. No one must doubt where a leader stands on matters of principle. We said state capture was real. It was a result of a corrupt leadership. And if you are in denial about that, you're either ignorant or you're complicit. And if you're a SARS employee finding yourself in either of that, you are in trouble. We addressed Certain individuals mm-hmm. who compromise the integrity of SARs, mm-hmm. and many of them have left. Some of them still lurk in the shadows because mm-hmm. people don't come up them and say, listen, I was also corrupt. Uh-huh. Continuously, just last week, two of our employees were arrested. Mm-hmm. And we'll continue to arrest and incarcerate employees who think they can collude with taxpayers. Mm-hmm. You have to be clear about that. Mm-hmm. Secondly, we have to be clear about our strategic intent. Today, our strategic intent is well-documented. And I think it's a simple, clear story. Mm -hmm. Everyone can understand it. And then you have to organize to give effect to your strategic intent. Mm -hmm. And then you have to allocate resources to give effect Mm -hmm. to that. And so we still have some challenges in that. Sure. Um, But I think notwithstanding, I think what we are beginning to prove is that very often it takes small factual changes. It's not one big thing. Mm-hmm. It's just persistent effort, mm-hmm. doing small things, doing them right, over and over again. Mm-hmm. and you will turn a big ship around
2: like SARS. You also spoke earlier about some of the challenges uh, that you're facing at the moment in terms of fraudulence when it comes to to VAT refunds, at the same time trying to broaden the tax base. Something that's also been highlighted in academic research when it comes to South Africa and those loopholes um, in in tax collection (gasps) is the behaviors of multinationals um, and profit shifting and base erosion. Are you beginning to close that loophole?
1: So that's a function of a few things. Firstly, whether we have competent people in areas of transfer pricing and and uh, um, some technical uh, specialized areas. Mm-hmm. And we compete with Deloitte and PwC and all the other banks and firms for those skills. And we can't pay you as much as Deloitte does <laughs> or as much as the banks do. So we are mm-hmm. in the back of the queue to get those skills. Uh, but we have people who have a public service mindset and so We're slowly recovering and restoring that. Secondly, it's um, the ability to detect um, instances of non-compliance. Let me give you one example. We have um, automatic exchange of information protocols with almost a hundred jurisdictions that gives us records of South Africans who have financial assets abroad. When we get that, we then have to, and because we have that, we know that there's about 450 billion rand of financial assets mm-hmm. offshore earned by mm-hmm. South Africans. What we don't know is whether they were correctly disclosed and whether they are tax compliant. And so you need to work through, through that. Mm-hmm. Um, same with companies. Mm-hmm. The, the, coming back to the point Dondo made earlier mm-hmm. on, the minister indicated the pro quo for lowering the tax rate is to broaden the base and to address those instances of abuse. Mm-hmm. So we find all kinds of abuse. You know, overstating uh, um, services exchange between a parent company mm-hmm. and a local subsidiary, mm-hmm. which is nothing else than fraudulently getting money offshore. Mm-hmm. Um, we and that erodes our tax base. Mm-hmm. Uh, we find uh, the abuse of assessed losses. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have a growing contingently on any balance sheet of assessed losses, in the, in the case of South Africa, what that means is potentially money that is due to the state, that won't end up in the state coffers mm-hmm. because someone will use it. Now, what has become in South Africa, I think globally is assessed losses have become a tradable asset. Mm-hmm. People buy companies with no commercial intent other than to exploit a tax loss. Mm-hmm. That cannot be right, it was never the intent. So we have to address that. Mm-hmm. If you look at parent company loans, Okay, unproductive. And the only reason is to charge particular interest rate and to get more money offshore. So there are all kinds of schemes and arrangements. And I think we are a long way from addressing that. But that's not our biggest problem. Our biggest problem at the moment in South Africa is probably leakage to the fiscus as a result of criminal and illicit economic activities. And sadly, during COVID, um, we have uh, seen a significant uh, proliferation of that. One example I've shared is the tobacco Uh, and cigarette industry, where just in the Uh period of of COVID, we had had confiscated over 300 million Mm -hmm. sticks of tobacco to the value of 450 million rand. We had to deregister three clearing agencies, Mm -hmm. um, liquidated one, handed eight cases over to criminal investigations, Mm -hmm. conducted 3,700 search and seizure operations, um, Mm -hmm. holding... Uh, 385 uh, uh, containers and and shipments Mm -hmm. in detention to the value of three and a half billion. Mm -hmm. Collectively, all of that work has added another 5.8 billion of ran into the coffers of state. Um, So the areas of abuse, unfortunately, is real and far reaching. And I think we lose more money uh, from criminal Mm -hmm. Uh, and illicit activities than from any other uh, area of leakage.
2: Okay. So we've examined the capability or capacity of the state or lack thereof, the challenges that exist. Um, The Commissioner also mentioned that we always engage in endless and slow policy formulation. I would argue that it isn't even so much that, it's the lack of execution, even when we do come up with those uh, very sophisticated policies. Um, Tabi... One of the biggest challenges, I mean, we talk of the triple challenges of inequality um, and and unemployment and poverty in South Africa. Unemployment, despite many substantial efforts, remains persistently stubborn. How and in what ways and what are some of the low-hanging fruit that we can look at to stimulate job creation?
4: Um, I think the first one is what um, Dondo mentioned mm-hmm. on spectrum. So mm-hmm. I did a lot of work um, on spectrum for the presidency because mm-hmm. I also sit on the uh, presidential economic advisory council. Mm-hmm. So you know, if you look at spectrum, spectrum, we were South Africa was one of the first countries to um, to commit to the International Telecommunications Union based in Geneva to move from analog to mm-hmm. digital. And we've been trying to move since Minister Kasaburi, <laughs> Ivy Kasaburi. So, you know, I don't know how many ministers later, I think it's 13 or 14. It's, it's one almost now. every year. Mm. Yes, literally mm. we have, we, um, we, a, a new minister was appointed last year. Mm-hmm. And this last minister, Minister Kumbuzo, is the, has done more in the past month since her appointment than any other minister since our commitment in i think 2004 or whatever mm-hmm. so um and and what you know spectrum does is that it would it it reduces the price of broadband mm-hmm. it also we get a quick broadband coverage uh, firstly we get quick broadband and then we also get uh, broadband better broadband coverage mm-hmm. um in the country it then um and the and part of the auction is that the operators will be asked to um, give free mm. broadband in, areas, in, in rural areas. Yeah. So if you look at the unemployment numbers, and you look at the discouraged workers, mm. that number has been increasing. Mm. And I looked closer into the Western Cape, and the Western Cape, many people have said that they are discouraged to look for a job because the railway system doesn't work, mm-hmm. and that's because rail is cheaper than far cheaper than taxis. Mm-hmm. Now if you have spectrum, um, you don't have to travel anywhere to start a business. You don't have to travel anywhere to apply for a business. You can conduct your interview online. Mm-hmm. So you know that automatically puts a lot of po- your money back in your pocket. Mm-hmm. The reason why South Africa's living wage is so high is because of exactly what everyone has been talking Mm -hmm. about in terms of failure in municipalities. So, you know, many South Africans cannot afford private health care, but many who are part of the poor, and that's over 50% of South Africans, use private hospitals Mm -hmm. and use uh, private schooling. And that's because of the state of public hospitals Mm -hmm. and public schooling. And so we've become, I almost say we're, we're like our own governments, mm-hmm. and especially the, you know, the middle and, and um, the upper classes, that there's no reason, you don't need a Minister of Health because you dictate your, your health and, and where you want to go and how much you want to pay depending on um, where you want to go. You, you are a Minister of Security. You depend. You know, it's up to you to beef up your security mm-hmm. in your home or you have a driver, or etc. And you're seeing mm-hmm. it increasingly with a lot of rich people.
2: Mm-hmm. But, 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 but going back to, to, follow to... up on that, though, uh, Tabi, uh, Stemul, I'd like to bring you in here, because if we have such a situation where more and more people are opting out, what does it mean for the viability of our democracy mm-hmm. then?
3: Well, what it means is that there are fewer and fewer shared spaces... <laughs> Mm-hmm. Where we interact, and democracies are based on trust, mm-hmm. and just uh, I think on Monday uh, the Edelman the company released their trust bar- trust barometer, mm-hmm. and South Africa is a country with very low levels of trust, mm-hmm. um, and we share very few facilities. But also because so it's what sixteen point three percent of South Africans have access to medical aids, mm-hmm. and so therefore use the private healthcare system alone, solely. Um, And so the people with social capital aren't going to Helen Joseph Mm -hmm. and then making the demands on the staff at at Helen Joseph, etc., to make sure that that service Mm -hmm. and that the services they offered are better. Mm -hmm. The same goes with public schooling. Um, And so all of these, this checking out by those that can um, is... means that the levels of accountability that you acquire around to maintain, Mm -hmm. uh, to put on that pressure, to sustain that effort, to make sure that those services are maintained decreases. Um, But also, it means that, what's the point of the democratic process? Mm -hmm. We saw, I mean, last year in the local government elections, uh, 12 million people voted uh, compared to just over 15 million in Mm -hmm. 2016. And... Understandably so. What's the point? Mm. Uh, so all of these, all of these things are eroding at the foundation of mm. of, of our democracy and actually of its sustainability. Mm-hmm. And that's why then the fantasy of having a Paul Kagame who can fix everything mm. becomes so um, <laughs> becomes mm-hmm. so has such currency, right, mm-hmm. amongst mm-hmm. part of our society, because, mm-hmm. because there's a sense that democracy is failing, mm-hmm. um, because our democracy isn't being tied to uh, administrative functioning, mm-hmm. to actual delivery. Mm-hmm. All right. yeah. yeah, and yeah.
4: so, and so the, other, the, the other issue is that, and many people will say, no, a lot of what Dondo's work uh, and department does is allocate state resources mm-hmm. into the p- uh, private sector. Yeah. So if you look at healthcare, a lot of it goes to private healthcare. Mm-hmm. It's because of this opting out that a lot of people have said, look, we can't use public healthcare, we're going to use private healthcare. Mm-hmm. So when Dondo looks at uh, the needs of the you know healthcare sector, um, you then allocate these resources where people use them, mm-hmm. and unfortunately it is in the Private healthcare. Yeah. Similarly, um, with with um, education, that more and more, and especially even poor people are moving yeah. into lower mm-hmm. cost uh, edu- private education, and often even illegal schooling, sure. just to get better education versus what is offered in in the the public sector.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you started off uh, us off, uh, Tabby, in the conversation about how Spectrum is, is going to answer a lot of our challenges around unemployment. That's going to make a lot of things cheaper. Uh, to your point about if people don't have to travel then they can do work online, right? But there are still people who still have to engage with the public transport, and it is not viable, it's prohibitive, it's expensive, and it's one of the things, in fact, which a lot of research is showing is increasing inequality in South Africa or discouraging job seekers because it's more expensive to try and go and look for work. You'd rather stay at home, and if you're lucky, perhaps get, you know, the SRD grant or 350. Dondo, let's bring you in on, on these Employment initiatives. In the budget last week, the taxing incentive was expanded uh, through a 50% increase uh, in the maximum monthly value of 1,500 rand. Can you give us a sense though, of how effective the ETI has been?
0: Look, the commissioner is better placed to give you the mm. statistics mm. and the details because mm-hmm. they manage that. But, mm-hmm. I mean, for us to even increase that and decide that we increase by 50% mm-hmm. tells you that we're putting money where a, a maximum impact is, mm-hmm. and, and Commissioner can talk to you, mm-hmm. but uh, let me let me pick up on mm-hmm. the earlier points that <coughs> um, you know Tembile and Tabia are putting out,
5: mm-hmm.
0: and, and and let me let me try and put on my 1988 political <laughs> activist <laughs> student cap. Mm-hmm. Have we abandoned the democratic project
5: mm-hmm.
0: as a country? Have we forgotten about the poor? Mm-hmm. And these are things that we should be asking ourselves in the state.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, you know, what do we do? What, what are we doing about dysfunctional systems of government, including dysfunctional municipalities uh, where, where, where people don't care about the poor? Mm-hmm. What, what, what was the struggle for, for democracy? What, what was it about yeah. um, when, we, when we, were, we were going to the streets and marching what was the mass democratic movement of nineteen eighty-nine was all about? It was about access, it was about changing the living conditions of people. Now it looks like it seems that most of the people in the system have forgotten. We became you know, you know, I don't wear a t shirt anymore that <laughs> I was having a fist, but I wear a tie, and I forget about that. It's about service and, and it's about changing what apartheid really demeaned many, many people as, as human beings. Mm-hmm. So we forgot that. And I think if the drive in a public servant who's serving, who's behind the desk at home affairs, mm-hmm. or who's a DG in the Treasury or a DG somewhere in government, mm-hmm. has got that, that we're still in this project. Mm-hmm. We are still a young democracy. Mm-hmm. You know, we're we, we only 20, a few years old. You know, we, we're not... We're not what it was. We're not, you know, old age democracies of Europe and the Americas, no. So I think we, the, those are, for me, the fundamentals and the basics mm-hmm. that we seem to have forgotten. Um, you, know, you know, whether it's a politician staying on the podium mm-hmm. and making certain promises and performing their function, and whether it's a DGO or it's about blue lights and, mm-hmm. you know, someone closing and opening your door, <laughs> Or is about me being DG, called B D DG, 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 everything, <laughs> walking around. That's why sometimes we don't want to be I don't want to be called a DG, I'm done. Because it is a title that is mm. focused and it mm. is what Edgar's I mean Ed mm. is talking about mm. people focusing on getting a clean a clean audit vis a vis and Deloitte and happen to be in, in the Deloitte building. <laughs> um, you know, but yes, clean audit is important, but mm. what about service delivery? What about Ba- getting the basics right. Let the, 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 this DG, mm-hmm. you know, fold their sleeves and, and start digging and doing the work. Mm-hmm. So we have forgotten that. We have forgotten that, and, and it's about it's about self-enrichment. It's about you know opium lifestyles that we, 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 we are accustomed to now, uh, because our you know. But we forgot about the poor. So I thought, let me put that head,
5: mm-hmm.
0: and say, let's remind ourselves, and these are the things that. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, if that's motivating you and you're a politician and that's motivating you and you're a public official, you'll clearly your attitude towards your work is going to be different. Mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, these are not things that we're talking about openly nowadays, and, you know, but we have to. Mm-hmm. I always say to people that we have to, we have to remind our leaders, and I'm speaking now outside as a South African, mm-hmm. our leaders who are in government, in, in public service, and politicians that Get off your high horse. Mm-hmm. Let's do what we have to do in t- ensuring that we create access for people, we create a conducive environment for the people's livelihoods to mm-hmm. change. Mm-hmm. If that's not going to be the motivating factor, we can as well start calling South Africa a failing state mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. the remnants of, and, the, and, and, and things that it defines and depicts a failing state or a country towards being a failing state mm-hmm. are beginning to show right. where, where we don't care about about, about the poor and, and in, about improving in, the in livelihood. The, in the
2: face of what you then describe of uh, these behaviours which have become uh, cemented perhaps in, in the public sector to some extent or within the political elite and whether we care about the poor, one would argue that if indeed we did, we would do more and listen to the calls for a basic income grant?
0: Look, again, I would argue affordability. Mm-hmm. I would argue, fine, I'm, I'm, I'm the first person to say, if a basic income grant is going to come with some, see that, we have to relook at the system.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm saying, before we even talk about a basic income grant, and I, I know some people in the room and you know, watching us will, will, will say, yes, we need it. Mm. How much are we spending? What's that 59.4% that I was talking about? Mm. What's the composition of that? How much are we p- putting money in EPWP programs and community development workers, and now we've got these teacher assistants in hundreds and hundreds of thousands and billions of rents that we're spending mm-hmm. in these programs. Let's look at the implication and, and uh, performance of those programs. Yeah. It's one thing to get EPWP workers with yellow overalls uh, you know, ripping big in EPWP, <laughs> and they start work at 10, and, 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 and by 12 o'clock they're they are done for the day. Mm-hmm. And, and, and there's no value, but the streets remain dirty. Mm. The streets, there's, there's litter everywhere. And, and, and they are not performing what they should be performing. But if the, 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 what's, what's the drive, the inner drive, is a different one, then we can talk. Because the same sometimes the same people who should be accidentally danced fraudulently so, and we have to deal with that. Yeah. So I think let's have a broader conversation. All right. What are we spending money? Mm-hmm. And is, can we afford it? I'll, I'll be the first one, if we af- can afford it, I'll be the first one to say, let's go for it and balance it out. That balancing
1: act that's needed is going to have to happen right. again.
2: Me, I'll, I'll come back to you now, Tavi The commissioner had indicated he wanted to respond to no, that point. I,
1: I think as South Africans, we must... So we clearly have to acknowledge that there's a need for some social of support, uh, whether you call it SRD, social grants, mm. or anything else. The real question we have to ask is why? Why is that need there? And the answer to that is government has failed in delivering one, an environment that is conducive to creating more productive capacity for businesses to thrive. And secondly, they have not created that environment to create jobs. The president said, government don't create jobs, uh, business does, and that's true. But government provides the enabling environment. Mm -hmm. So we have had to compensate for the lack of giving people dignified, honest work. We've had to compensate by expanding our social support system. And that's the real debate that we have. How do we get there? In terms of leadership, I agree. You know, leaders should take their work seriously instead of taking themselves seriously. And we have too many leaders with a sense of Mm self-importance, as opposed to knowing that they are here to serve. There's an interesting analogy that says, China works because of government, Singapore also, Mm -hmm. India works in spite of government. Mm -hmm. We are fast moving towards that end, Mm -hmm. where more and more things work in South Africa in spite of government, Mm -hmm. not because of government. And that's what you're saying. We're disintermediating the role government plays because of private security, private schooling, private health care, which should be a delivery by the state, mm-hmm. isn't done so effectively. Mm-hmm. So until and unless we have those honest conversations, mm-hmm. uh, we will more and more uh, lose the promise of our democracy yeah. and the promise that this government um, is, is incumbent on this government to deliver. And people will do what they need to do because survival is our most basic instinct. All
4: right, Tammy. Yeah, I, I think the commissioner said a lot of what I was gonna say, but you know, in, in talking about social grants, in talking about um, uh, the you know, basic income
5: mm-hmm.
4: grants, my question is what are you solving for?
5: Mm-hmm.
4: Are you solving for, you know, because how, how is it that the working population almost 50% of the working population, in uh, using the broader definition, is unemployed. Mm-hmm. You know, how is it that the youth, they're not disabled, uh, they don't have, you know, there's, there's nothing wrong with them. Mm-hmm. So many of them are unemployed. So again, so, so the solution is a basic income grant, mm-hmm. because that is not the solution that I would have if I was a South African president. Mm-hmm. The solution is job creation. The solution is growth because growth is em- uh, enables employment. And also, when somebody is employed, they are in a better position financially mm-hmm. than a recipient of a grant. You know, when the minister said 46% of South Africans uh, um, are recipients of some sort of grant, mm-hmm. that's a devastating statist- uh, statistic. Um, because these are not people who should be. A lot of them are not people who should be receiving grants. Mm-hmm. 18 million South Africans receive social grants. Mm-hmm. So the fact that 46 percent, almost 50 yes. percent of South Africans receive some level of mm-hmm. grant, and it's okay, and you, pac- <coughs> you want to pacify. You know the problem with um, extending grants mm-hmm. rather than actually solving. Um, for your inefficiencies, mm-hmm. for lack of leadership, for mm-hmm. lack of municip- you know, municipalities not working, because municipalities are enablers of growth. Mm-hmm. Right now we have, I think it's the two-day um, conference, uh, Salga conference. Mm-hmm. Five, only 5% of municipalities are, uh, are financially sound. Mm-hmm. Uh, 62% of um, municipal uh, workers cannot use a computer. 65% of... Uh, municipalities mm-hmm. what are you know financially dysfunctional yeah. or not even finan- just dysfunctional so these are how do you expect growth to happen in that environment mm-hmm. and then what as uh, said about you know absenteeism mm-hmm. and then your solution instead of dealing with all these problems your solution is grants mm-hmm. I just think this is, you know, that's, that's really taking us down a very, very difficult, um, uh, dif- you know, very dangerous path. And just okay. lastly, mm-hmm. we often talk about there's, you know, South Africa's fiscal policy mm-hmm. is the most redistributive of all countries yeah. in the emerging markets. Mm-hmm. And many of our, these countries are, are bigger economies than, mm-hmm. than ours. Mm-hmm. 15 million South Africans work. And of those 15, I'd say about 7 million South Africans contribute meaningfully towards taxes. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the problems are in our faces, Mm -hmm, yet the solutions are not to actually tackle the problem, but to look elsewhere. Mm -hmm. Let's just find some money and actually give it to people who don't want to receive the 350, but would prefer jobs. Mm -hmm.
2: I but, but, uh, yes, Tembele, I'll bring you in there. I, I would suggest how it's also perhaps a, a lot more complicated than that. Um, I, I, I don't think that people don't want to receive the 350. They would prefer, certainly, no, that's to, what I'm be, saying. They would to prefer be productive. But jobs. in the desperate situation that South Africans found themselves under in 2020 2021, during the COVID pandemic, that 350 was a lifesaver. It kept people from going hungry. And I think we have to applaud the efforts where the National treasury was able to deploy that very, very quickly to prevent people from suffering. Mm -hmm. There cannot be a silver bullet. These solutions must be pursued in tandem. Mm -hmm. There are people who are desperate who need the social support that government can give them without ignoring efforts at job creation or growing the economy. Certainly that needs to be prioritized. We know it has to be prioritized, but we simply haven't been able to get there. My question is, how do we do that? So just a quick one. we, we we look at South Africa within the past two years and
5: its yeah.
4: problems. Yeah. These problems have been emerging and growing mm-hmm. for years for now. Sure. Mm-hmm. Poverty has been a problem for years. Inequality It's just unemployment. inequality, unemployment, everything. It's just that COVID exposed it, mm-hmm. not really and, and and exacerbated it somewhat. Mm-hmm. But the direction was the same. The trend, if you look at unemployment, the trend is the same. Mm-hmm but the solutions is what I'm I'm querying. Mm. So it's not that I'm not saying that we shouldn't support Mm. South Africans who are poor in the short term, Mm -hmm. absolutely. But then don't say that actually now we have these numbers and it's so critical we Mm. need to put all our resources towards um, social support, whereas actually we we should have implemented the NDP a long time ago Mm -hmm. and if we did, we wouldn't have found ourselves in dire situation mm-hmm. as we did during COVID, mm-hmm. and I'm also worried about this war. That if it actually um, becomes a bigger problem, yeah. it's actually you know what helped us in the financial in, in 2008 and 9 in the financial mm-hmm. crisis was that we were in a better fiscal sure. position mm-hmm. and actually economically we were better. So we could actually you know we built a buffer. Now we have zero buffers. Mm-hmm. We are exposed. Yeah. So if the war is actually um, uh, becomes bigger than what it is right now, and it, it and it's currently only in Europe, but if it becomes a world war, can you imagine what it's going to do with a, if, uh, mm. to a country like South
2: Africa? Absolutely, lots to think about. Esteban Thanks. I. Uh, uh,
3: f- I think part of the reason why you. Don't see things getting any better yes. uh, in terms of addressing kind of the structural problems that the country has, and then more and more and more people are on social grants. Is that we speak about social grants as if they're separate from the economy? Mm-hmm. The reality is that the person who gets that 350 rand, the Gogo who gets that child grant, there's extensive research that's mm-hmm. been done by Ingrid Wallard and others. That child grant goes back into the economy, mm-hmm. and so what we partly have to think about is how do we need to think of... So we, we need to grow the economy, we need to um, expand entrepreneurship, get more and more people employed. But we also need to keep people from starving sure. mm-hmm. in the short... So that's some of the highest rates of child-stunting um, of similarly-sized economies in the world. That's absurd. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you, and you've got that... the. The expert panel on the July unrest, you know, made the point in their conclusions, in their recommendations, that this will happen again if we don't deal with the socio-economic conditions that the majority of South Africans live in. And so you can't talk about economic growth, about employment, without factoring in what do you do while you're doing this to keep the society stable, to keep people fed. And 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 lastly, when we talk about these economic interventions, transport for me is the biggest, my favorite fish fish and chips shop in Cape Town, Lusitania. Everyone must go. Um, (laughs) Last time I went there, after the State of the Nation address, uh, and the owner said they used to close at 8 o'clock. They now close at 6 p.m. because the workers need to get home. Mm, And the train services, the Kailiche line doesn't function anymore. Mm -hmm. How was that even possible mm-hmm. to happen? The engineers who are responsible for that, who are watching the train lines go, mm. how does that happen? And so, my uh, yeah, we just need mm. to have these conversations holistically.
1: Nikita, I, wa- I want to talk about employment, just if you allow me. Yes, Because please. there's an elephant in the room. Mm-hmm. We don't only have an issue of unemployment. We have a problem of unemployability. Yeah. We are producing... You see, what you measure is important. So we define social success mm. measure, you're in trouble. Mm. We celebrate matric results as a success measure. And many of our matriculants are, cannot be absorbed into the economy, they have the wrong skills. Mm. We know with the industri- fourth industrial revolution that countries in Asia are creating multiples of a job for every job loss. In other words, if you lose one job, they create three, mm. four, five, ten 10 jobs. Mm-hmm we fail to create one job for every job lost. So Mm -hmm. not only do we have to create employment opportunities, Mm -hmm. we have to create a employment workforce Mm -hmm. that is relevant to the time in which we live and we are not doing that. Absolutely. Let's
2: bring in some questions now from our participants online. Those questions coming through thick and fast. I'll try and read them and put them to our speakers and panelists this morning. Uh, First question, at what point will government accept the reality that the continued doling out of social benefits is increasing unaffordability and unsustainability? Couple this with social grant leakages into neighboring countries, and we have set the ground for a combustible future and social instability. That question from Deboho Class. The second question for uh, the Commissioner. We welcome the modernization project undertaken by SARS. Part of the appeal of the new custom legislation, as stated by SARS, with the efficiencies that would be brought by automating a lot of processes. The automation would enhance tax collection, but would also limit red tape and be trade facilitative to business. When is SARS implementing the Customs Duty and Customs Control Act of 2014? Those are just two questions coming from our participants. Uh, Dondo, um, I'll let you deal with the first one. I think we've already touched on it yes. to some extent. <laughs> yes. No, we
0: touched the first mm-hmm. one. I think it's, it's, mm-hmm. and we, we, were, we were detailed about... Yeah. But the reality is that it, it, that question has got lots of, it, of, mm. of issues in it. It talks about the leak, leakages into mm. neighboring countries, <laughs> and it t- talks about you know the, the porous borders. Mm-hmm. It talks about uh, the, the, this, uh, the, the ability to to protect, to you know to, to protect the, the, the boundaries and, 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 and the state. It talks also about. It brings a new question in: How do we view? How do we view the number of? Uh, illegal immigrants coming into the country and how they access the grants. Mm-hmm. And anecdotal evidence is that we, we can talk about the whole day about how pregnant mothers cross over the border to give birth and, 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 and access the grants and go back and mm-hmm. so on and so, so on. But the reality is that the South Africa challenge is not only a South African challenge insofar as these issues are concerned. It's a regional challenge. Mm-hmm. It's a continental challenge. And it's intercontinental challenge because you've got a lot now of more Pakistanis and more illegal Eastern Europeans coming to the country, etc., etc. So over and above the challenge that you always had about uh, illegal immigrants in South Africa. Mm. So when we address, I mean, I've, I, you know, you said I'm here 23 years. <laughs> when, when, when we looked at the budget those years, I used to be a budget analyst for three provinces. Mm. And, and you remember, you, you look at the budget, you're time, and you're energetic, you, you know. You had all the energy in the world and you think you're smart. And, and, you, and you look at a budget for Eastern Cape and KZN and Gauteng at the time, and you say, yes, with these numbers, with these estimates, they will be able to deal with their uh, you know, informal settlements mm. by in, in the 15 years or 10 years mm. from that time.
5: Mm.
0: Now, and, and 10 years later, it actually tripled in terms of... Mm. But when you go to, um, and I'm being honest, mm. let's go, let's all take a bus ride, and go to Deep Slot, or Oliver, and I live in Pretoria, Oliver Old Bosch in Centurion or Spray in mm-hmm. Centurion. I can guarantee you, if you speak Zulu and Swana, so you won't be understood. And I'm not being xenophobic. That's the reality of our situation. Now, how do we view and how does the world view the South Africa challenges, not only South African challenge? Because mm-hmm. the reality is that, yes, we talk unemployment, but all of us, 90% of the people in this room, your gardener or your domestic or anyone who's helping your, your, you know, in the house, it's not South African. It's not. And, 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 and when you go to a restaurant down the road, whether you're go going to spa or you're going to, uh, you know, you know spur. many of those are from either Zimbabwe or Mozambique. Mm-hmm. And, and we talked now, statistically and official statistics would suggest, yes, we've got a 50 plus percent youth unemployment or even 75 youth unemployment. Uh, in South Africa. But the reality is that we are not looking at South Africa as an only a challenge. We have got challenges of illegal, immigra- illegal immigrants. How do our posture to them and how we engage with those countries in the neighboring is an issue. Mm-hmm. So the South Africa challenge is a bigger challenge mm-hmm. than only dealing with your own. You go downtown Sun- Sunnyside in Pretoria, you go now in Durban, it, you, know, you go to, to, to Hilbro, it's a different country completely. Let's deal with that. I'm not saying mm-hmm. we must throw them out, but how then do we embrace them? How do we engage and how do they bring them in the tax net? Mm-hmm. In townships, the three fifty that Temile is talking about, that's spent in the townships and the grants goes to your Somali sto- you know stores mm-hmm. and puzzle shops. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we, we've got all of them in the tax net in the way that we should. Do are they paying taxes on the same resources that you're talking about? Mm-hmm. So the challenge is the South Africa challenge is a bigger, bigger challenge than what it is. Uh, so And we have to open about it, and we, have, we, have to, we, we don't have to be afraid of talking yeah. about this and being afraid that people will, will say we are xenophobic. Yeah. How we engage with Zimbabwe, and we've started, at least in our case, yeah. we had a very uncomfortable conversation with ntuli Ngobe, the Minister of Finance of Zimbabwe, about three or four weeks ago. Uh, and and, and we, we, we did that with the minister in the DRC the other day, last week. And we'll continue doing that, at least we're starting with the SADC ministers and engage and say, how do we look at the challenge that broader, uh, you know, regional problem, because that's where our challenge is. How do we cross the border in Mozambique and engage in Zimbabwe and engage with them and say, and, you know, what is there that you need to do uh, in your own country to actually make sure that you don't force your people to flee or to run into South Africa because perceiving that there are more opportunities mm-hmm. in South Africa. Because when they come here, health is our challenge. Yeah. Education is our challenge. Access to social grants is our challenge. And because these children are born here so all of these are a problem that when we are not or if you're not addressing it will be much much bigger
2: and uh, the minister your, uh tulas has recently tabled legislation which seeks to some extent to tackle some of the issues that yep. you're talking about as it pertains to employment and um, opportunities in the informal market for people who are here uh, perhaps illegally um before, uh, Commissioner, I get you to respond to the question that was put to you, don't know. I, I, we are running out, out of time. I don't want to let you go without having discussed ESCOM, um, given how critical it is to our economy. Um, if we are to grow, we obviously have to have enough energy for various industries to thrive. Uh, we remain in a very challenging position as far as, as ESCOM is concerned. Firstly, what you're doing about stabilizing that debt. Um, you, you touched on that last week in, in, in the budget. If you could tell us a bit more. And whether you are confident that ESCOM is actually up to the task of dealing with its many complex crises.
0: It's, it's a very it, it, it sensitive issue. Because the moment a treasurer official or minister of finance says something about ESCOM debt, mm. uh, you know, mm. you know, the the, 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 the the ESCOM creditors get worried and, every, and you know, you know, bondholders get also worried. But I mean the comfort that we South Africans and everyone should know is that we are not just sitting back and, and, and not trying to find out ways of addressing, because we all know that the debt that's in there is about 400 billion or more, increasing, is something that we should be worrying about. But also there are obligations on, on, on that ESCOM, that must put on ESCOM, in terms of them as a company. They are, they've got their board, they've got the financial responsibilities, you know, they, you know, the you know well-paid, uh, you know, executives. It's a company, you know. It's it's a company that you cannot say there's big brother who's going to come with a big four hundred mm-hmm. billion and check and sort you out. We expect, as the minister said, it's tough love. We expect them to also demonstrate willingness to be assisted. Mm-hmm. In Stuana, you know, the say se- saying se- se- mudimu. You know, mm. God will only help those who help themselves. So if ESCOM has to demonstrate that they realize their challenges, they, 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 there are certain things that they must do, including uh, in the decreasing and, and in the cost structure, um, you, know, uh, you know, really getting rid of some of the assets that they have. Um, and, and, and those are things that I think we will need from ESCOM. As we are fixing quite, I think, look, the reality is that we have to come out in the public with real, when we have clearly sorted out the issues. What I, what I and, and you know very well, is that there's 120 or so billion rand out there, you know, uh, in the form of green finance. And then and, and so, and, and the reality is that it is expected that it will address some of their challenges. Now, do you expect Eskom in current state to take on 120 more billion? No. So it therefore means that we have to approach this very clearly. And the Minister of Finance was very clear that let's not attempt to address this ESCOM problem only mm-hmm. let's address the whole I- electricity challenge in its <laughs> bigger you know in, 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 the, in the bigger scheme of things mm-hmm. uh, and but you know we cannot look 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 the other way it's too big to fail we've been saying that to them not too loud though, mm-hmm. because <laughs> then they will be comfortable we, we cannot let ESCOM collapse, mm-hmm. we cannot let escom fail it will be supported like we've committed we've we've, we've but We've got the 23 billion per year there that we announced a few years ago, mm-hmm. 230 billion over 10 years. Mm-hmm. But we, we, we also cannot just, we cannot just sit back and not do the things that I'm talking about. So mm-hmm. we'll expect more of them.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and, and we will, the minister is committed, the minister of finance is committed to ensuring that we turn the challenge there that we have around. Mm-hmm. And we will do it. It's a matter of time. And, and when, when I think government is ready, we'll obviously have to give you timelines and timeframes. What is ESCOM doing? They are unbundling, and, and again, in doing all of that, where does the debt lie is going to be an issue. Uh, is this going to be a clean entity with no debt, mm-hmm. and who's going to be taking? And what does it mean? And we all know rating agencies, by the way, have factored this debt in the balance sheet of the state anyway. Mm-hmm. So again, we'll approach this very carefully, and at the right time, uh, you know, will, will, will let everyone know as to what the solution is. But it. we have the intense conversations. Right.
1: Great. Commissioner. Eskom okay. clearly needs a competitor. <laughs> 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 because yeah. even if we fix Eskom 100%, we'll still have an electricity problem. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, I think the question uh, there uh, goes back fundamentally to the implementation of the devised or the amended Customs Act uh, of 2014. Um, and I guess the questioner specifically wants to know the, the implementation of the amended registration licensing and accreditation provision. 2014 was also the year where where SARS took a turn. And so there was very little implementation, Uh, the modernization program uh, completely stopped. Um, The funding allocation dried up. And so there was just a period of of, um, paralysis. Time has gone beyond the 2014, act and the way we are conceptualizing our current customs modernization program embraces the requirements as required in the 2014 amendment, but it goes significantly beyond that. In terms of, of um, the registration licensing controls, a lot of work happening there, the AEO program, the preferred trader program, we've made significant progress We've reinitiated the modernization, uh, uh, the technology platform, which is everything from uh, exchange of information between neighboring countries, between uh, institutions in government, uh, the single window concept. The, the, the balancing act for SARS customs is, on the one hand, to uh, enforce the customs law and ensure that the co- revenue is collected, but also to facilitate legitimate trade. Uh, and, and in finding that balance, mm-hmm. it's almost impossible without modernizing our systems. Mm. We took Dondo and the minister to Bitebridge uh, a few months ago just to help them see how we have fallen behind in creating just simple infrastructure mm. to facilitate trade. Um, and how we need to work better together as, as sister agencies within government. So it's a, it's a comprehensive program. That we have um, submitted a business case uh, to to the Minister to National Treasury, and uh, and we have recommenced that. Um, and over the next few years, SARS also intends to bring in-house a lot more of its own IT development capability, because essentially, uh, you know, it's become a core competency mm-hmm. for SARS uh, to develop technology, and mm-hmm. so we are building our capability. Mm-hmm. I say uh, you know, jokingly that SARS is actually a technology company dabbling <laughs> in taxes. <laughs> um, and so we have to have the core capability to build an administrative platform that is actually an ecosystem um, that allows us to engage with all of our stakeholders. And this uh, um, aspect of the customs modernization mm-hmm. program is one of the dimensions uh, and the questioner can be assured that it is receiving mm-hmm. a high priority even at the level of the minister.
2: All right, we have run out of time, but I think it's important to take these last two questions because they're quite pertinent. Um, I'm going to try and summarize this one because it's quite long, but question to Dondo about the implication or impact of Russia's invasion on South Africa uh, from a South African government finance perspective and also consumer perspective. Um, perhaps if we could get a view from uh, all the panels, uh, panelists on that one. And secondly, is there a plan of action to recover the billions of rands of state funds lost to state capture? How long Will this process take, considering the backlog in administration we currently have, as you begin to respond to those questions we 'll do so in a way in which we make our concluding remarks as well, and where I would like you to also delve into we 've had this discussion now we 've had lots to reflect on and think about as we look ahead we 've said we are a country long on promises, long on plans, and short on action in your view, if you can incorporate your thoughts as to how we begin to implement all of these things that we've been talking about in terms of growing the economy, creating much-needed jobs in ways which are going to create dignity for South Africans, and we fulfill that democratic promise that we made. Stembele, I'll start with you.
3: Well, in answer to your final question, mm-hmm. and my takeaway from here, is we need to fix the administration. Yeah. We need a big focus on the Department of Public Service Administration, the Public Service Commission, and the Department of Cooperative Governance and Traditional Affairs. Mm -hmm. We need to implement Chapter 13 of the National Development Plan. Um, I wrote part of it, so please do read it. (laughs) Um, And we need to really take seriously fixing the administration of the country. And linked then to the issue on, on, on Ukraine, just from a international relations and a foreign policy perspective, we need to be prepared for the fact that South Africa won't be able to stay neutral forever. And if this conflict escalates to World War proportions, and I don't think that's a foregone conclusion. I think that many people who um, would be responsible for that escalation are trying very hard to make sure that it doesn't. But if it does, South Africa will need to pick a side, just because of where we are geographically. Mm-hmm. The Suez Canal is closed. You can only get around our border. We matter strategically. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that's something that we need to factor into yeah. all of our decisions. Okay, great. Commissioner,
1: sure. Uh, so it's quickly on the, on the Ukraine. Actually, we were invited yesterday. We were a member of the OECD Forum of Tax Administrators. Mm-hmm and were asked, what is our position? Because they're in a council meeting. Um, and I obviously had to dodge that Defer. question very carefully. Um, no, I wasn't yeah. neutral, I was very clear. Yeah. I said, one, I'm not a politician, I'm an administrator. <laughs> Two, it matters to us from a number of perspectives. One, um, with all of those countries, Russia and Ukraine, we have uh, information exchange agreements, we have uh, double tax treaties, mm-hmm. Um, So it's important for us to maintain uh, productive, ongoing relationships with our counterparts Mm -hmm. uh, with them, and we will do whatever we need to do to do that. That's what we do. Secondly, uh, to the extent that it affects the economy, um, we will probably have swings and roundabouts. If oil prices go up, Mm -hmm. we'll benefit from that. South Africans will pay more for oil, tax revenue. So we don't really get into that because we, as I said, we. Impose the laws on the on the economy, regardless of what is the trigger for that. Okay. Um, on the last point, I think, as an ordinary South African, we are moving far too slow. Um, the 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 issue of state capture is actually we should be careful not to define it narrowly to a project. It is actually just a symptom of the state of our society, mm-hmm. fractured, uh, corrupt. Lawless, the the riots of last uh, year, all of these things, the evasion, the criminal. So we have to, we can't address this transactionally. We have to fix it at the core. Um, Our little role is to do these projects. This year that I've passed, we have finalized 650 cases of syndicated crime. We've collected six um, and a half billion of additional revenue. Uh, we have frozen certain assets between major players in the state capture project. Uh, much of that is in the hands of the NPA for further prosecution. Um, so there's a lot happening there. We don't do our work in public, but you would have heard uh, just uh, last month, we announced that we had uh, arrested um, on the failed Estina Dairy Project. Mm-hmm. We've arrested a company director as well as a Gupta associate. We can't say more than that. Uh, But there's a lot happening. It's happening too slow. But at the same time as addressing that, we need to stand back and say, how do we create a society that is socially more cohesive where people are voluntary compliant and where law and order works and the state we're supposed to ensure uh, that we are not corrupt doesn't become a major catalyst uh, and a perpetrator of corruption itself. We have a lot of work, Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that we have run out of time. Okay,
4: great. Ted? So, you know, um, listening to the commissioner, uh, you know, from a personal perspective, SARS works very well. And I always <laughs> wonder how does it? How does well. it? <laughs> how well. does it uh, you know, how do <laughs> other people manage to escape the wrath of SARS? <laughs> try, try buying art pieces yeah. out of South Africa. Try buying a, a, you know, a product that has... Um, I bought a serum and health, uh, Port Health. I didn't even know that we had Port Health. Sent me a message on my phone. I got an um, art piece from a Ghanaian artist and SARS just <laughs> attacked me like I was importing <laughs> drugs. I don't know how many forms I had to fill in and then I overpaid taxes so they, they had to pay me back. But... It really works efficiently when, you, when you're not a, a, cr- a criminal. <laughs> um, on, you know, just a few things, and I will talk about Ukraine. So I'm stunting. I was uh, appointed by, the, by Minister Nene to look at the um, uh, zero rating project mm-hmm. after the VAT, VAT was increased, and, um, which links up to corruption. South Africa has one of the most comprehensive school feeding mm-hmm. programs. But when we looked at actually what food was being served versus what food was procured in terms of those who, who, who applied for the tender, you'd see a sandwich that has you know, protein and cheese, but at the back of the sandwich, it's not, there's nothing. Mm. But those are the things that, you know. as much as we have this comprehensive feeding scheme, mm. we also have this corruption that mm. results in stunting. So when you look at the comprehensive feeding schemes versus... Are you know, equivalent um, uh, countries, peers, uh, and yet you look at stunting, it doesn't make sense, and that's because of our own um, doing. And the 350, the past two years, retail stocks, telecommunication stocks, mining is a different story because it's, ex- it's exogenous, have increased more than ever. If you are in those stocks, and I, and I advise you to stay, um, you'll be... You know, very wealthy. And that's because that 350, exactly what Dondo is saying, doesn't only go to, to let's say, non-South African uh, shop owners, but it also goes to capital, mm-hmm. the very capital that many people don't like. So I've decided, you know what, instead of also fighting this 350, I'm going to buy pick-and-pay stocks. Mm-hmm. Because last year, pick-and-pay, because it was doing so well, announced that it's, it, it's going to open 200 Boxes mm-hmm. in rural areas. Mm-hmm. They don't do that because, you know, there's no need to. Mm-hmm. It's very opportunistic mm-hmm. because they know that that money mm-hmm. is go, ha, it has to go somewhere, and, and there's a target market for it. So I'm I'm also looking at wealth mm-hmm. creation, mm-hmm. and well I know you'll be mm-hmm. tracking me because all of a sudden I'll go from naught to sub, you know, to we z-
5: have a high
1: <laughs> wealth unit in the, okay. to the 4.5 percent.
4: But on, on Ukraine, and I think this is very critical for all of us. This year, globally, we've been talking about inflation. Mm-hmm. That inflation is picking up. We're seeing inflation in, in developed markets uh, picking up quicker than in emerging markets. Mm-hmm. Part of the reason why we're seeing inflation in uh, developed markets increase, not so much about cons- uh, it's not consumption-driven, mm-hmm. which is typically what drives inflation, but it actually supply chain disruptions that are causing. Mm-hmm. Um, re-rating of products and so you're seeing these you know uh, as a as a result of these delays a lot of these prices are being rerated and are becoming a a lot more expensive and um, the pass-through is going into inflation So in South Africa is you know fuel, fuel and food so we're seeing Oil prices go above $100 uh, a barrel for the first time since 2014, I think it is. Mm -hmm. We are also seeing obviously food prices as a result. The reason why we didn't see inflation, because a lot of companies took that inflation, it didn't pass it Mm. through to consumers, because consumers were in a pickle, which we still are. Mm. And so now companies can't uh, continue to uh, take on that inflation, and we're seeing them passing through into Mm -hmm. food prices. So this is the product Mm. of what is going on now. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine if it goes Mm -hmm. into a fully fledged global war? Mm -hmm. It's going to have huge currency uh, ramifications, which is more inflation. We're going to see interest rates rise as a result of taming that inflation. Mm -hmm. And um, we also import around less than, just less than 30% of our wheat from Mm -hmm. Ukraine. And in my understanding, something like, you know, you you contract into the forward market. Mm So now you have to scramble for another market mm-hmm. at another pricing um, that is typically unfavorable yeah. because of you know the timing, mm-hmm. and so that's also going to impact on the cost of mm-hmm. wheat yeah. versus let's say the cost of wheat that we received from the Ukraine. Mm-hmm. But they're multiple. I mean, Europe is our you know big um, trading mm-hmm. partner. Europe is increasingly being dragged into this war as mm-hmm. well. Um, and again, I think, in, you know, importantly it's been said by, by stembly that we need to have a stance. Yeah. We can't be neutral uh, in, in, this, in the yeah. case of adversity. I think mm-hmm. neutrality is complicity. Mm-hmm. And in this case, we're, complici- we're We are either siding, we're actually mm-hmm. siding with mm-hmm. the instigator. And mm-hmm. we need to, to side, you know, we need to, history must judge us um, uh, in a more, mm-hmm. I guess, Better light than, than if we keep quiet. All right. DG23. Thank
2: you very much. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, um, I only tease you about that, yes. Dondo, because I think it's such an extraordinary tenure of service to the people of the Republic. Mm-hmm. Yes, so it really, yes. it's really a huge accomplishment.
0: And I was going to start there. I was going to say, <laughs> uh, you, know, you know, it's important, you know, in, in a, in a, I used to, even at high school and even at university, mm. I was not a fast runner. Mm. But I, I made sure that I'm in this team and in our house in, in high school had great runners who would do the relay for the, for the school. And I used to take that baton at the end. Because <laughs> <laughs> the other three guys would run and, and I would automatically be a winner. So it, it, but, but it's important to give someone a baton to run with things. And we've seen that with Maria, with Lungisa, mm-hmm. and the sister Lungisa and myself. And obviously it's important that the, the, you know, someone comes in, whether internal or external. But also important to partner and to get knowledge. It's not easy. It's the, the work that we do is complicated. It's mm-hmm. not easy. You need to be patient. Mm-hmm. Um, but also we need skills. We need to continuously upgrade mm-hmm. upgrade the skills. And, and, and so it's important And many of you in the room and many of you watching are better place to come in. I always say to people, especially when I'm giving the last few words to say <laughs> in any... I say, Guy, come in, come and join us, come help us. Mm-hmm. I've been saying that to Tabi for almost five, <laughs> seven years now. So, but she's coming and she's really come to the party in many ways. Mm-hmm. But it's important, come to the crawl, come and help. Mm-hmm. Because this is a young democracy that we're all building. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, 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 and we'll make mistakes, we've made mistakes, and now we need important skills. And the, the key skill now is project finance, infrastructure. It's every, and, but the private sector, as I demonstrated earlier mm-hmm. on, People who made Sentinel to be what it is in the last 20 years should come in and create those public spaces mm-hmm. and infrastructure, much needed infrastructure. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the, the idea of this baiting is mm-hmm. important, and mm-hmm. someone must be given that very soon. So, <laughs> the, 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 the other the other important thing is, 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 is as we discussed now, is Ukraine. Mm-hmm. It is worrying, I mean, uh, in the budget, the structure of the budget, if you, if you know now, and the structure of the budget review be such that we'll try and attempt to give, uh, you, know, uh, you, know, you know, how the global economy is perceived and, and what is in the assumptions that our forecast team would put in and, and, and the risks will identify a couple of things and even the ministerial speech will put certain assumptions out there. Now, with Ukraine, all of that is out of the window now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have to relook look at the, the price of oil, exceeding 100 and 104, for, for you know, Brent crude price oil, uh, you know, tighter f- financial market conditions now. What will that mean in terms of the amounts that we have to borrow? What does it mean for global financial flows, etc.? Mm-hmm. It's going to have an impact. Mm-hmm. So what's happening there is very worrying, and, and obviously uh, previous speakers have, have mentioned this, and it's important that we, we cannot look the other way and and we have to a, a, an important and quick solution uh, is necessary not only for Europe but for the world for the world over mm-hmm. and also for various, we we are in BRICS mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. think about it we are in BRICS um, and, 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 and and we've got Russia in the in the room mm-hmm. and it's important that uh, you know the sooner that conflict is addressed we are able to really openly engage as mm-hmm. we've been on, engaging but you can imagine. If there's this elephant in the room, mm-hmm. how do we really continue in talking and engaging? So again, a, a solution is, 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 is important. The solution must be quick. And we cannot wait any longer between, between what's happening there. Mm-hmm. And finally, my final thoughts on, on the issues. I think Stembile is right. She sums it up by saying we have to fix the administration. We have to mm-hmm. fix the municipalities and fix ourselves and national and in provincial. That's one area. Mm-hmm. But we also have to fix the mindset Of everyone who's in the republic currently both Mm -hmm. illegal and legal Mm -hmm. south africans uh, you know i mean illegal immigrants and and legal ones including south africans and in the point that i made earlier because i think that's the biggest risk Mm -hmm. facing us Mm -hmm. currently if we don't fix that because majority of our townships are slums they were better off you know now they are slums Uh, you know informal settlements have spread out of control everywhere and 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 you know um, um Illegal occupation of land is like everywhere now. It's like free for all. Mm-hmm. The remnants, and I mean, no, no, the, the, the signs of a failing state are showing all over. Um, and, and I'm saying this, you know, I mean, I'm looking around what's happening, what happened in Africa, in many countries that, that were damaged by war, in civil wars, in many parts of the world. And, and when I speak to some of my counterparts everywhere, in countries like Sierra Leone, mm-hmm. countries like Liberia, where we all know the history of those particular two countries in particular because i showed great interest in the last couple of years and and, and the signs that are there uh, that demonstrate what a failing state can be like mm-hmm. we're seeing some of those here now and we have to harness and make sure that we pull back co- quickly in order to stop what essentially may be a dummy so i think uh, fixing that administration in entirety is going to be quite critical uh, moving forward thank you Thank you for joining the Exchange Podcast. See you next time.